Welcome back to Hey on Track Frankfurt, the Bundesliga podcast covering all things there is in the English language about Eintracht Frankfurt, the greatest club in the Bundesliga, the greatest club in Germany, the greatest club in Europe, the greatest club in the world, as Brian would say. Uh, we're a little biased, but today we're not a little biased. We are unequivocally biased. Uh, today was a great day for the Eintracht, and we're going to talk about it and a lot more stuff, more than just today's match. But that's where we're going to start. Uh, Brian is out today. He's got some more important things going on. Not really. Nothing's more important than this. But he's got, you know, a life to live. So he's out there living his best life. And I certainly can't steer the ship alone or we'll be run aground somewhere. So I brought a first mate along with me uh, from the banks of the East River in the city that never sleeps. Matt in New York. Matt, how you doing? Chris. It's always a pleasure. I feel like when we have episodes of just you and me, I feel like we just get off on tangents and we could go on for hours. So, uh, but it's hey, we had a we had a snowstorm today, but I, it is a sunny, sunny, sunny day here. I'll tell you that the sun was definitely out today, and in no place more than Sevilla. We'll just start there. Everyone wants to hear it. That's the only thing we really want to talk about today. So we might as well game. jump right into it. Um, so if you're listening right now, you already know. I don't need to tell you. I'm tracked one, two to one. And it was... Should have been four. <laughs> it was something to behold, given where we've been the last eight weeks or so. Uh, the Eagles stuck to the usual script, getting off to a quick start. But this time it actually resulted in a goal, a nice you know, reminder that Philip Kosic is... The beginning, the middle, and the end of our offense. Matt, what do you think of that goal and the way we started? I was just going to say, are we going to uh, say that was on purpose, by accident? Because I was telling my friends that was on purpose. And I was, I just want to give coaches the credit because he's just that much of a beast. <laughs> he is never going to tell you till the day he dies that that was a cross. And I, I really think, after looking from 17 different angles on Twitter, I think he meant to do that. It had... A different angle, kind of a different release <laughs> than you're accustomed to on his crosses. He didn't really look to the middle. He took a little peek, saw the, the goalie cheating a little bit, and he took advantage of it. He's just that good. He's got that Ronaldinho instinct where he can, you know, he sees the keeper hogging off, especially an experienced keeper in Claudio Bravo, mind you, um, hugging the near post. And, you know, all of a sudden he thinks of the, you know, back post. So, I mean, I definitely think I'm going to take that as on purpose. <laughs> Realistically, it was very definitely not on purpose. But, hey, Kings stay Kings. He That goal was unbelievable. You know, for how many bounces did not go our way and all the struggles different players have had, in recent weeks, a goal like that just felt like we had earned it. After the good play over the weekend, a real team win from all 11 guys on the pitch, to come out strong was a question mark. Are we going to be able to keep up the intensity? We did. And to have Kostic say, hey, don't forget about me when everyone else is playing well, it really just felt like we were off and running and nothing was going to stop us. Yeah, I mean, it definitely was to a point where it got to a point where the season where we just had no luck, like nothing was going our way. Everything was just absolutely, you know, against Frankfurt. But that goal, especially that being our first goal, kind of gave us like that little ting be like, hey, 
you know, the little leprechaun is sitting somewhere in the stadium here. You know, the rabbit's foot's over here. The horseshoe is finally upside, like, upright. You know, we finally have some luck coming our way. So it, it, it definitely, definitely shifted, uh, gave us some luck. I'm a little worried that, you know, did we use this luck at a wrong, you know, time at a, when we needed a more crucial when it was like, you know, let's say it was a 1-1 situation. But, you know, that's just thinking hypotheticals and thinking negatively. And, you know, we're so used to that where I have to, you know, think positive here and just say holy crap you know mm-hmm. that was just a great great you know a tipping point to the uh, the tip to the iceberg you know where you know it, it started off with Jibril so having a great great pass over to Kostic and fighting him where you know he recognized that we were going to be in a um three on four situation I believe and then you know Kostic got lucky but you know I think Jibril so absolutely had a um, absolutely um, great great game today um, I definitely want to get a little bit uh, get that in a little bit but um, let's talk about the goal that uh, you know we conceded um, nothing we could really do about that I mean that was a four on three situation you know we finally got bit in the ass of a counter attack um, I don't know. What did you think about that? Well, it was a game of counters, I think. Um, you mentioned uh, for a second there the, the formation and the shape. We were unsure what we are going to do. That kind of flexible 3-4-3 three, three we were working. Um, I think we kind of expected Real to have opportunities on the counter, so we kind of flexed a little more. It was technically a three-man back, Um but there were very few times where we didn't have four across the back. We were anticipating those counters being a thing. And I kind of called it out in our episode earlier in the week uh, that Nabil Fakir was going to be uh, a thorn in the side. Heck of a play. Yeah. Oh my and God. the shot he He's took, the way he picked that corner, reminded me a lot of Kostic, the way he likes to pick that opposite corner. And it's one of those goals where you're like, oh, great, we were playing so well. Now we're going to go back to average again. Uh, but you could do nothing but say, wow, that was great. Uh, tip your cap to him and get back lined up. But for me, what was great to see was that for the second week in a row, uh, we responded in less than two minutes, I think, uh, by Mr. Europa League himself, Daichi Kamada. <laughs> I mean, I bet you Brian is smiling and listening to us right now, just being king of Kamat Island right now. But, hey, he's literally Mr. Europa. I mean, he was everything today. I, he literally, him and Boy look like they've played together since they were like three years old. You know, that one, there was that one, there was that one uh, second half um, uh, opportunity where Kamada, like, he'll, healed it back towards Bore and Bore kind of missed the shot or hit the keeper right in the face with that shot. But I mean, at least that connection was there and Kamada was able to recognize that, you know, Bore's right behind him. But man, Mr. Europa himself just put on a show today. Yeah. I mean, nothing better. I mean, it was, it's tough to put on a, a you know, an, uh, a man of the match hat today between like So and Kamada because they were both just absolutely outstanding today. Um, yeah, I mean that. Yeah, I mean I don't know what else to say. I mean Brian was right. Brian was right. <laughs> so you know I gotta call Brian when we get off here because I've got my swim trunks on. The cameras are off because I'm ready to go swimming. And um, yeah, I want a spot on that island at least when Europa League rolls around because this guy just shows up. He's our leading scorer in Europa League this year and. For how much we get on him about his play in the Bundesliga, 
when the lights get brightest and he's playing international club matches, he's at his very best. And this is not the first year he's done this for us. It's a pattern for him, and it's good to see. And we can't leave out uh, what Lidstrom did to set that up, too. Lindstrom continues to show confidence. I think that goal he scored over the weekend uh, from distance just kind of yep. – lit a fire under him. He looked a lot more confident today. He wasn't involved as much as I would have hoped, but when he was on the ball, he was confident. He was creative with his passing, and he didn't stumble in the box there, which we've seen far too many times this year. He was under control. He made a, a proper pass back, and goodness, if Kamada had tripped over that ball, um, like we've seen <laughs> happen before... <laughs> I don't know. It, it, it was unbelievable. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, let's get let's get to the second goal here quickly. With um, you know, um, from Kamada, that that's I mean, it starts off with Jubil So winning that uh, winning off of the interception from the center back. I mean, that just kind of attested to his just you know kind of man of the match. Could, um, what's the candidacy currently? Because you know, winning that ball and then fighting, you know. Um, What's his name? Bore right down the middle. And then, you know, Bore assisting Kamada with that pass back. Unbelievable. I mean, it definitely starts off with so, but it just kind of proves that connection with Kamada and Bore was, you know, it's it's there. It's clicking there. It's, it's you know, there's there's something there. Something's yeah. brewing. And hopefully it gets to a point where, you know, Bore could become towards a hot, hot um, Andre Silva, essentially, because... You know, besides, we'll talk about the penalty in a minute because what the fuck was that? <laughs> but, you know, Bore had that. I'm glad Bore scored against Berlin as well because, you know, it showed he had a lot more confidence today. I mean, the kid had about four or five shots at least on target. So it just, you know, he just had to find the right spots today. Yep. And I mean, we should have won 4 1 today um, if Bore, you know, was able to slip it underneath the keeper's arm or something like that. But I mean, what I also thought was. Really, really good. Oh, yeah. Wait, did you have any comments about the second goal, actually? No, I was just going to say that I think what you're seeing a little more from Bore is the comfort level and not having to be a target guy, uh, where he had a lot of pressure on him early in the year when we couldn't find goals from anywhere to just keep shooting the ball, whether it was a good shot, a bad shot, or pass it off to somebody who was going to get a shot blocked. He is looking more comfortable. Um, not being a solo target guy, but passing the ball off to guys and looking at other opportunities instead of just straight to the net, either into the goalie's hands or a bad angle shot that goes wide. Um, I think his decision-making and comfort level is really starting to click well. Uh, it reminds me a lot of Sebastian Hilaire, who liked to score goals, oh. but loved even more to find an open guy with a slam dunk. I mean, look where he is now. He's king of Champions League right now with Ajax. Yeah. He's he's absolutely dominant. I can't believe West Ham gave gave him up. I mean, he's I, I don't think he's a Premier League type player just because that's just a very very typical style to play in the Premier League. But I mean, hey, he's continuing at Ajax what he was doing with us. So yeah. no, no stopping there. It's just another, you know what the fuck moment to our front office like why in the hell have we did we ever get rid of this guy but let's not have bygones be bygones we have this new team right here and what i loved about this team as well and this is the show there was a stat in the second half we had about like 13 fouls on real betis while they had like three on us and i was i was loving that because we were 
aggressive as hell. Like I didn't care about the yellow cards. It may bite us in the ass later on, but let's do, let's just get through one game at a time here. Um, I love the aggression. I love that we were behind their ass every single time. I don't think Real Betis was expecting that. I, I think they were expecting it that, um, you know, we were kind of, you know, set, stepping on our heels rather than our toes. I mean, we were plus 300 to win the game. I mean, that's a pretty, pretty heavy underdog to be at. But, I mean, I love the aggression from our side of things. And I think it started off with Jakic. And I think that's why Glasner kept him in there because – He's our aggression horse, you know. And then he will light up So's ass. He'll light up Hinty's ass. He'll light up Indica's ass. I mean, Tuta as well. I mean, he deserves his flowers today as well. But I love that we were committing so many fouls. I honestly thought that also was a huge game changer. Yeah. And it, it wasn't just that we were committing fouls and being the more physical team. It was where we were doing them. They were smart fouls uh, in, in locations that were not too dangerous. Uh, to take a person down, the, the professional fouls were taken at bad angles or far enough out where they were not severely impactful. We had a couple issues in recent recent matches where we're trailing a guy trying to take him down intentionally or a little over-aggressive tackles right outside the box. And I think today was just very well-organized and for me, Tuta was that man of the match. Uh, he had the, the come from behind toe poke out of the way. I think Indica was in there too. Uh, when it looked like a say, sure shot on goal. I think that's an Indica one because the commentator kept saying Tuta. And I was like, oh, I don't know, Jim. I don't know, Jim. Yeah, <laughs> I it, think that was the <laughs> Indica one. Uh, we need to get a drop for uh, Tony Romo. That would be a great one. Um, but no, the just. <laughs> The defense as a whole, to me, I kind of talked in the lead-up to this one about how the Real Betis offense just likes to shoot from anywhere. Um, but they're efficient with their shots. They're almost always on target, and they score significantly higher percentage than we do. But today, there was a good focus on any shots that they had were from poor angles. And it's been a while since we won a Europa League match, without relying almost exclusively on Kevin Trapp uh, to only allow yeah. three shots on target, one of which was a beautiful goal. So really two shots that tested Trapp is a fantastic result for us against a team that's in the top five of one of the top five leagues in Europe. Yeah, I mean – the scout they must fire they must they have to fire their scouts because they must have forgotten that we have the best keeper in Germany right now. I mean, it's uh, it's just I don't know where they were t- taking most of their shots. I mean, I, I feel like there was there was one in the second half where someone took it from like the corner of the box, and I was like, "There's only one player that can kind of do those shots. It's a Lionel Messi and B Kostic because he loves those tight angle type of shots, um, and he doesn't do have to do them against Kevin Trapp, who, like I said before, is the best keeper in Germany. So, um, let's. Turn another direction here. Uh, you have coined this match the return of the ultras. Talk about the impact that the Frankfurt supporters had on this match. I mean, everything. I don't know if people saw this on Twitter or anything like that, but the there was at least already 1,500 out of the 3,000 uh, 
in the arena an hour before, you know, and then I, I bet you, and then the 3K probably didn't show up another like 15, 20 minutes um, later. So, you know, they, so they were in full force, you know, 45, 30 minutes before kickoff. I mean, it's huge. It's everything. I mean, I think that's what is the, one of the biggest things about this club, which makes us super, super unique is that we have this super passionate fan base that you know will go any will travel anywhere with this team and full on you know full on support i mean it's hard enough to even get away tickets let alone a, a home ticket i mean it, it it's everything and you know i i just always hope that players see this in our team and people see this in our like club and you know bring hopefully they can like you know stay with us for a while it hasn't happened it's only happened with a few people but I mean, they it brought the emotion. I mean, I don't know if you were uh, were able to listen throughout the game, Chris, but I heard way more chanting from the Frankfurt fans than I was hearing from the Betis fans. And you know, we were pro- we had probably more people singing in the stadium than we did um, with the Betis fans. So yeah, it was everything. I mean, it could it could be a huge it actually was a huge contributor for us winning this game, but it was everything. I mean, I've I've missed it. It's been like two years since we heard that. Honestly. We have taken the Eintracht European Roadshow to some of the greatest stadiums in Europe, some of the biggest stadiums, and impressed at every single one of them. Uh, But I was getting text messages and tweets from friends that have no interest in Frankfurt. And we're like, I can't believe this. Is this how your club operates all the time? Your fans are insane. Like, I mean, people follow this club. Some some new followers follow this club because of the videos like that, because they see the passion. They want to have something like that in their lives. And that is something very special for us, that whether it's at home when the stadium's full, which I hope to God it will be very soon, or whether it's on the road like it was today, or it's in, uh, you name the city, any anywhere in Europe. If, if the Adler is there, uh, the fans show up. And they show up in numbers and they're loud. And today was just proof that we don't just have the greatest club in Europe. We have the greatest fans in Europe. And I will put us up against anybody in any corner of Europe any day of the week. Uh, We'll show up anytime. Oh yeah, and we'll and we'll be louder in the stadium too, yeah. and we'll we'll make our mark in the stadium no matter what, whether it's via TV, via the the fans, everything like that. I mean, today showed. I mean, we were just in the in the streets of Sevilla, like at the crack of dawn. You know, there was already videos being posted of just us like singing and everyone just like chanting. I mean, we turned we turned Sevilla into a mini Frankfurt today, and. Uh, we left our mark there. We conquered it, and it was absolutely amazing. I mean, we had fluid attacking. You know, everything was clicking. Um, the fans were, you know, we were with the fans full on out there. We had Knauf looking strong since I told since I said he was terrible. So he's really putting my money where my mouth is there. Um, again, Bore was great today. Bore, like, what the fuck was that penalty? But whatever. And Dika was awesome. Tuta was awesome. Kamada. Everyone was awesome today. Everything today about Frankfurt. You know, SKA, Eintracht International, it was just just a great day. And I've, we haven't had this kind of day in a very long time. And I want to say it was probably since we beat Bayern. I would agree with that. Not even that. <laughs> so I'm going to pose one more question about today's match. Has the results of the last two matches here, 
the win away at, at Hertha Berlin and the win away at Real Betis. Has this changed your stance a little bit on Glasner? I know you were willing to give him leeway like most people were. I was a little more critical. Um, have the last two results changed that, or is it too soon to tell? I it it's a little bit of both, and I want to. And here's why: because you know we got hot towards the end of this, uh, toward the ends of the Hinrunde. You know, once we beat Fürth, we started beating Freiburg. You know, we we literally didn't lose a game until uh, I don't even know. I think it was Dortmund, but we lost three uh, three two again in January. But we literally won a nine game unbeaten streak. So it it definitely looks like we're heading in that way again. Um, and I and that kind of makes me want to think. You know, I like Glasner. You know, it definitely makes me want to think. I want to keep him because everything is working right now. You know, the the, the press is working. We're having Bore being successful. We're having So being a baller right now. You know, we're 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 doing all this while you know one of our all time. Uh, favorite center backs is you know struggling right now my all-time favorite center back has, has been struggling on his you know confidence and stuff like that he's climbing his way out of it and then we have two young studs within Deacon Tuta there and <clears throat> excuse me Glasner I think is our guy for a, a little bit a while um, I, I want to keep him for another three years because whatever him him and Crusher are building right now is huge. I mean, we also have, you know, a lot of talent coming in now, a lot of young talent, especially on the defensive side of things to help us out with that depth. Um, so I this was a very, very great signing from Axel Hamann and the Frankfurt board for sure. Yeah. How about you? I am done with the back and forth wishy-washy i like him one week i don't like him the other uh the performance today alone was enough for me to say this guy knows what he's doing i mean stupid me sitting here in detroit thinking that i know this club better than him that he's there every day uh it was unfair for me to to question just because we took a little slide during a transitional year um i wholly apologize uh to Axel and the board and yep. and to Oliver himself. Uh, I'll give you scooter lessons if you need them, um, but I will no longer tell you how to coach your team. I'm off that. Yeah. You, you were in the free <laughs> pass. We're sorry. <laughs> yeah, we're sorry. We, uh, we just uh, – we we thought we owned the we owned the club and stuff like that. And we realized that you know the professionals have a better idea. So, uh, but hey, you know, hand up, hand up. We're sorry. We're never always right. That's okay. That's human of us, and uh, that's why people don't pay us. So, hey, it is what it is. <laughs> but hey, Glasner, welcome, man. We, we're here for you. We love it. So now we're going to transition to something I am an expert in, uh, and nobody will question this. My track record mm. proves it. It is time for hashtag what are we drinking? Matt, what did you bring to the party? Oh, I brought Corona to the party, man, because I'm still mentally in Sevilla. I'm sitting by a water or a beach, you know, and uh I'm I'm just partying until Sunday. So You brought a little extra tonight, right? <laughs> oh yeah. I, oh yeah, I lo- loaded coronas. Do you know what a load of corona is? What? You put in a shot of uh, tequila. tequila. You take a sip out of a Corona, put a shot of tequila in there, and then put the lime in and tip it. Mm. Mm-mm-mm. If that doesn't tickle your fancy, I don't know what does, besides your wife. <laughs> and on right. on that note, um, I am drinking one of my favorites. It hit 40 degrees today, 
which uh, here in Detroit is like a milestone that spring is on the way. Um, I am drinking one of my summer favorites from Sheboygan Brewing way up in the north. If you look at your right hand, uh, it'd be like three quarters of the way up your middle finger right there in the middle is uh, Sheboygan. And Sheboygan Brewing makes a blood orange honey that is the absolute sweetest, awesomest summer drink. So I'm dreaming of summer and hopefully European qualification. So when I'm in Frankfurt in August, there's something to celebrate. But we'll see. Oh, yeah. We'll see. We're not there yet. So that'll do it for segment one. Uh, We're going to leave you here, though, with an interview that Brian and Matt did with Christopher Michel from Germany's Sport One. Uh, So we'll leave you with that, and we'll catch you back on the other side with segment two. Live from the stadium. Christopher Michel from Sport 1, who was actually on site. Did did everyone look good? What was the key that allowed the Eintracht to uh, get the to uh, to get the Ausfahrt Sieg? Ja, was war der Schlüssel? Der Schlüssel war eine sehr, sehr kompakte Mannschaftsleistung, eine sehr homogene Leistung. Man stand in der Defensive sehr gut. Man hat Sevilla immer wieder, ja, ähm, hochgepresst. Yeah, just to, say, just to translate here for all our English listeners, you know, uh, what Christopher was saying is, you know, we were very, very aggressive, you know, it was an absolutely great 90 minutes where there was a lot of pressing, um, the goal um, that Soul kind of set up for the two to one was definitely, you know, very crucial, it definitely seemed like we were off, obviously came off the better foot, um, two to one was way too little of a score, should, we should have won four to one, but overall the aggression side of things and the... Um, <clears throat> What's the word I'm looking for? The high press uh, was absolutely astonishing from Frankfurt. Yeah, so the fans, they were back. 3,000 away fans traveled to Seville. How much did that, Chris, impact the players' performance tonight? Ja, also Spieler und Trainer waren sehr euphorisch jetzt auch nach dem Spiel. Wir haben mit GB Soul sprechen können, mit Klasner. We had, the, the fans were absolutely amazing. I mean, it's, um, you know, having the trainers and the players actually go up to the fans after the game um, and just having that atmosphere was just incredible. I mean, very, very electric. Um, I wish I heard the rest of it before my Zoom crashed, but it definitely sounded like really, really good. <laughs> So, Chris, what can we expect from the Eintracht um, uh, for the second leg uh, against when they return to Frankfurt? Will we see more of the same or will Glasner be cautious? 
Ja, wir werden jetzt ähm, schauen müssen, wie sind die Kräfte. So, it's going to depend on the player fitness when we play against Bochum. You know, a lot was invested into the game today with Real, uh, with Real Betis, obviously. Um, so, uh, Christopher could see the rotation with, uh, you know, Hasebe and Rode possibly starting, uh, maybe even Paciencia. But what's key about this is that, and uh, maybe people may have forgotten, but the away goal rule is gone for this year. So that uh, doesn't really put us into an advantage at all too much. But, um, you know, when they come back to Frankfurt uh, coming next week, you know, you know the stadium is going to be absolutely rocking. And you could tell that Bates was struggling today alone with, you know, playing against Frankfurt. So, um, you know, it's going to be a struggle for them when they show up to the Weltstadion. 100% totally agree with you on that, Chris. At this moment in time with Eintracht, playing, uh, as you mentioned, against uh, Bochum on Sunday at home at the Vodstadion and then uh, in eight days' time on Thursday against Real Betis. Have the health authorities announced how many fans will be allowed in the Vodstadion for those matches? Ja, das ist sehr schade. Also bislang sind für beide Spiele gegen Bochum 25.000 und gegen Sevilla auch. So as of right now, it's no news yet. It's still 25.000 right now instead of the 60k. Um, he, he does assume hopefully there will be full house by the time we play Betis and whatnot. So, um, you know, you could tell from the game against, you know, at Sevilla today where there was 40,000 people, you know, it was very, very loud and it's been very different for the past, you know, two years for all of these players. So, um, as of right now, still 25K, but hopefully in the future it'll be around 60K. That will be great if the full stadium can be there, but even 25,000 Eintracht fans can out sing a full stadium of Real Betis fans, wherever they are. Chris, I will let you go at that as you definitely want to enjoy uh, the night as Eintracht has defeated Real Betis 2-1. Chris, thank you so much for joining Hey Eintracht Frankfurt podcast. Oh yeah, it was a lot of fun, guys. Have a nice night and um, see you next time. Auf geht's, Adler! Aus den Adler, yes, the Eagle. Welcome back to Hey On Track Frankfurt, segment two. Matt in New York, Chris in Detroit, trying to hold up the fort here for Brian. Hope he's enjoying his night out. Uh, we're going to warm up segment two here with... We're big boys doing this, just saying. <laughs> like, I feel like, I feel like I've, I'm growing up. You know when your parents give you the keys for the first time 
and you're like, yeah, I know how to drive. But then you turn the stereo up way too loud. You're having too much fun talking to your friend in the other seat. And then you're like, oh, I haven't looked at the road in like 20 minutes. Yeah, I haven't really been <laughs> paying attention along the way. I'm just kind of chatting with you. But anyway. Um, Frau- Jesus, take the wheel. <laughs> Please. Uh, Frown Corner tonight is an interesting one. I didn't think we were going to have anything to talk about here this week. We touched on it in the last episode leading up to the match this weekend, but there was a signing today. And since, Oh yeah. Since Meryl Fromm's uh, announced that she was headed to Wolfsburg at the end of the year, there've been a lot of questions as to who's going to fill those shoes. They're not easy ones to fill. She's a German national, uh, uh, one of the best in Europe right now. It was great. We had two of the best goalkeepers across all of Europe on both of our sides, uh, but she's decided to move on. You know, best of luck to her, except when we play them. But we may have found the replacement today. Uh, it was announced this morning that we have found our replacement, uh, Stina Johannes. Uh, she's a German national. She led the Germans to the under-17 European Championship. Oh, was that five, six years ago? Um, she, she signed with SKS Essen, uh, who were interestingly going to play this weekend. Uh, she's in Japan rehabbing an injury, kind of been off the radar, uh, for a while due to this injury and the, the long subsequent rehab, but she's the goaltender of the future. Uh, 22 year old international experience, very highly rated. Uh, let me look up the quote here, uh, from the gaffer himself. Uh, he's had his eyes on her for a while and, uh, he was concerned like everyone else, how they were going to replace Fromes, but he had his eye on Johannes and Hey, I I like that signing international experience at that age, you know, instead of trying to fight for the national team, you're on the radar and that means you're trying to play your way in. Uh, she came out today and told the, the interview, uh, when they were interviewing her on the pitch, she said, I'm here to win silverware. I came to Eintracht to win at the highest level. And that's all you need to say about that. Right, Matt? Oh man, we need it. (laughs) We need it. You can see the, the signings that we made, the re-signings and the new signings for next year. We've passed that transitional point of we're young and trying to figure it out. They're ready to win, and they're not ready to win just for one year or two years. Uh, 23, 24, 25 might be the biggest one with all the signings we have. So, yeah, we're definitely going to start competing with, um, you know, Wolfsburg and Bayern and start having like one win seasons, possibly an undefeated season. So, I mean, very, very exciting times for the Frauen for sure. And those signings, I'm sorry, those uh, those matches against those clubs and the head to head uh, battles with them in the table could come even sooner because we've got SKSS in this weekend, which should be a warm up there towards the bottom of the table. And then a match against Bayern next week, uh, which depending on how things fall could land us uh, within, you know, just a match or two of the top uh, going into the final quarter of the season. So there's still a lot to play for this year. I'm not entirely writing it off. I, I think we're a little late to the party, but Everything is on the horizon right now, and it's all looking good. So uh, best of luck to the women this weekend. I think we're going to win 2-0. Uh, SGSS just doesn't score enough goals. 
we're pretty well rested. We're pretty good health. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, I mean, definitely expecting so a, Matt, definitely expecting a win from the ladies. Let's talk about where the men's side is headed. Uh, we've got VFL Bakum. Um, Bochum. Bochum. <laughs> I'm I'm American. I struggle with German for the amount of time I live there. I can order food and I can drink the beer. I just struggle with the language. My apologies. My French is good. <laughs> My Danish is good. I just can't do the German. I apologize. So, uh, Bochum. It's a beautiful language. It is. It is. I absolutely love it. I, I, I listen to it. I understand it. I just can't speak the damn thing. So, anyway, uh, tell me about Bochum. I mean, <clears throat> I just got that out of my throat because they, I think they're tougher than we think. I mean, they are fairly strong defensively. I mean, they they typically don't get, you know, a lot like high, high scoring games on them. They pretty much can, can hold their own and it, it's going to be a tough game. It's not going to be, I'm, I'm, I'm honestly more excited about us coming then than about Bochum because I really want us to bring this momentum. I mean, I do think we may kind of step the gas, uh, step the foot off the gas pedal a little bit and put in a couple new legs. We may start Roda, honestly, maybe even Paciencia, get him some fresh legs or actually, I'm sorry, he can't play 90 minutes, but like probably put him in like early in the second half, give Bore more of a rest and only have him play like 40, 50 minutes. Um, but Bochum, honestly, is fairly good on the defensive side of things. They um, just beat Fürth, they just, but then they, they lost to Freiburg, they lost to Leipzig, they tied Stuttgart, and then, you know, obviously had that absolute thriller of a game against Bayern beating them 4-2. Um, it just, you know, it's going to be tough for them to come into um, into the Waldstadion. I mean, obviously, we'll still have 25,000 fans, but, you know, after, you know, the game we had today, um, or yesterday, if you're listening to this tomorrow, um, you know, I'm, I think we're going to be a lot louder in the stadium than we were against, uh, um, away against, uh, Berlin. So I'm, I'm excited. I mean, I think, I think we're going to come out a lot strong, uh, stronger. It's just going to be a tough match on, uh, for them on the defensive side of things. Um, I hope, and I, and I hope I don't jinx this. Um, I'm hoping that we can at least get a clean sheet out of this, if anything. Wow. You know, that's a lofty goal for us any time, let alone coming off an emotional match like the last one here. Um, and that's my biggest concern is where we are mentally. The last two matches for us have been such a high, such great energy and 90 minutes of strong play on both ends of the pitch. I really question how long we can carry that. Um, especially against a team that's kind of been a thorn in our side at times. And every time we go into it, we say, oh, here's three points coming up. And then we just have to fight like hell to get anything out of it. Um, it leaves me a little worried because we are a moody diva to the nth degree. And I'm worried. I'm worried that <laughs> I'm worried she's going to show up. You know what? And there's we've, we've. I mean, it could happen with the changes. I mean, Christopher Michelle put it perfectly, where you know he thinks he also thinks that Paciencia will probably have a lot more time. I mean, maybe Almani Torre will play a little bit. Maybe you know Haseba could find a couple minutes in. I mean, he he put it in perfectly, but it's 
it's go- it's going to be interesting. I definitely agree with you. It depends how we come out. But even if we lose this, like, I'm honestly kind of like, okay, big whoop. But, like, I, I still want to make the push to at least make it to the Europa, like, Conference League or whatever the hell the new league is. Um, I just think we can come out of this strong. But it depends on how we come out with the lineup. It really depends on the lineup. Yeah. And it kind of brings up a good point that we have experienced depth. Um it it may not be the most talented depth, but any depth is better than no depth or, or inexperienced depth. And what we have has a lot of match legs under them. You can throw a Chandler in there, and while he may not light the world on fire, he's not a liability. Um, Paciencia is not going to light the world on fire, but he's not a liability. So I do think that there's a good opportunity for us to take three points here. I think we might struggle with it, the emotion after two big wins and then going back to 25,000, which is great, but it's not going to be that same energy even that the 3,000 in stands brought today. Um, I think we'll come out a little bit slow. It is a little bit of a concern for me. Yep. Um, we may even get scored on, even early, even though that's been our part of the match where we dominate. But I think we can pull out it a win. It happened last game. Danny Blum scored on us in the third minute, for God's sake. And it's always people we know. Like the 90th plus. It's always people we know that come back to bite us, and he's a perfect example of that. Yeah. I mean, I I hope – I agree with you. I mean, I can kind of see this becoming like a complete mirror of a game from, you know, when we went over to Bochum. But, I mean, they're in the Waldstadion. We are the Moody Diva, you know. I mean, this game could literally – you know, shit could hit the fan here within an instance, or, you know, we could look like magical beasts with our bench team. I mean, it's going to be interesting. I, I don't even, I honestly don't even think we may come out with a 3 4 3 because we're just going to have such heavy squad rotation. I mean, I honestly would love to see, or not love to see, but I think it'd be funny to see Sam Lammers and Paciencia starting in like a 4 4 2 and have them be our top guys and then have like Rode and who, Husic in there, but. I mean, obviously, three points is still very important, yeah. and I'm just, you know, shit talking here because I really want, I really want to put the focus on Europa. No, yeah, exactly. But it, it's a good point that you know, uh, substitutions are going to be imperative, and we cannot wait to the 70th, 80th minute in a one goal game to make those changes. If we're fortunate to have a lead going into the second half, make your changes early, utilize all five substitutions, keep the legs fresh. That's the best way we can keep the pressure off the defense and off Kevin Trapp. And more playing time for my boy Hustich. I mean, give the guy his flowers. He's going to start showboating and hitting dingers from along. And (laughs) uh, I just, I just want him. I just want him to be, I want him to showboat. He's, he's a heck of a player. And I wish other people saw that. Yeah. So Matt, I put down my prediction. I think two to one. Where are you at on this one? Yeah, I, I, I may I don't want to say two to one just to copy you. So I am gonna say a one nothing win for us and keep hopefully hoping for the clean sheet. All right. Y'all heard it. It was Matt predicting a clean sheet this time. It was not me. Send angry angry texts, angry tweets his way. Speaking of tweets, Matt, where do we find you on social media? Yeah, you can find me at WAGMA underscore um, on the Twitter space. And then obviously you got to follow us on the Facebook. And then uh, we also have a website, I believe, Chris. Yeah. So this week we're still in, we'll call it beta mode because it's early. We're working out some kinks. 
but we have introduced a website this week. Uh, that's announcement number one. Um, www.hefpod.com hefpod.com uh, we are trying to take everything we put out here on the show uh, if you can't listen all the time if you don't like listening to me but you kind of like hearing what other guys have to say or what kind of information we put out uh, go to hefpod.com we're going to drop that stuff in there uh, we've got a, a schedule for the teams there all condensed into one place the men's side, the women's side We'll try to work in some of the youth teams as well as those are uh, gaining more popularity. Uh, we're going to have information about watch parties, where to watch the matches, and which country. It's all going to be a labor of love. So we're working on getting it up. Uh, but if you sign up, just give us your email address. I promise not to spam you. Um, we're going to let you know when new information goes on the website, when we launch new features, when we work out some of the kinks. So check us out. Uh, www.hefpod.com on Facebook at HEFpod on Twitter at HEFpod and Instagram that Matt runs really well at Hey on Track Frankfurt and of course the 24-7 Discord chat. The link is in the Twitter profile. Uh, come on to Discord. We had a great lively discussion during the match today and uh, some off-topic stuff that's fun once in a while as well. Uh, Matt, you got a watch party in New York this weekend? Uh, thinking about it, I mean, it's a Sunday game, you know, I may, may hit up, hit up the New York fellas to see if they're up for it, but I think it depends on what other games are on there and even if they're going to show it, um, because, you know, it's not that important of a game compared to other leagues that are going out there. So it's Frankfurt. Stay tuned. I'm it's sh- Frankfurt. It's <laughs> the only match luck. that matters. I know, I know. I gotta, I gotta find a bar that has like at least like a streaming service because I think we got lucky with the Byron game because Spectrum, no free ads, ended up having like a channel for like a specific that specific channel. But we'll see. I will definitely post information out on the Instagram and on the Twitter. I mean, I obviously will post out on my end as well. But um, yeah, stay tuned. All right, and I'm gonna be down in Texas this weekend. Um, and we're going to do a watch party down there. So I'm going to drag some of the Detroit Eagles. We're going to be in Austin, Texas at Mr. Tramp Sports Pub on the north side of Austin, just a couple miles away from the beautiful new Q2 Stadium, uh, the home of FC Austin. So I'm going to bring some Detroit Eagles around. We're going to have some drinks, hopefully cheer your on track to a victory. I'll have uh, some stickers from the show. I've got a couple vintage scars. So if you if you come to the 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 event there in Austin, ask me for a scarf. I got a couple vintage Frankfurt scarves that I just might be willing to part with, but you got to mention this because if you listen to this point in the podcast, I think you earned it. <laughs> Matt, how do you think we did? Hey, <laughs> should we give the keys back to Brian or should we keep driving this? I'm, I don't know. I mean, he is the founder and stuff like that. And you know, with how screwed up this world is, I mean, if we have to stab him in the back, you know, and maybe take up, make, make our own pot. I don't know. No, I'm just kidding. He's going to change I'm all just, the I'm passwords now. <laughs> I know. He's going to take everything. I had my, uh, what's it called? I had like intellectual property on us and something like that. <laughs> well, Nah, Brian, we missed, we missed you on this pod. This was a lot of fun. Uh, we're definitely going to do it again. So reach out to the show. We mentioned the socials um, and you can find me and uh, 
and all your other favorite hosts on all of our socials, but me specifically on all of the platforms, including Peloton, my new favorite. I keep getting a new Frankfurt follower each week, it seems. Um, at C in the D 313. So until next time, choose. If that doesn't tickle your fancy, I don't know what does. Hey, I'm